Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And it's another week, sort of in quarantine. I think things are opening up a little. The marathon continues. Protests and everything are still continuing strong in Hollywood. So Mm -hmm. everybody make your voices heard, whatever your thing is. Protest or post or donate. Do your research. Be good people. All that good stuff. That's my morals. How are you, Katie? I'm doing all right. Feeling, feeling very inside, but occasionally I go for a drive with Erica, and those are nice, just to get out Drives of the house and remember that we live in California. Do you have an AC? I'm sorry? Do you have an air conditioner? Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. We don't yet. So, oh, like, no. like, taking drives has been such an amazing haven of, uh, of cool air. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, I, the mo- one of the most annoying things I think people have ever said about weather uh, is like, oh, yeah, but it's a dry heat. Um, but I do <laughs> see what they're talking about down here, because in Chicago, mm-hmm. if it's like over 80 degrees, I feel like I have to like I'm drinking a glass of water outside just by breathing. And mm-hmm. uh, here it's like, well, I'm sweating, but I-, I can still like, you know, fill my air with lungs. So they're right. It is a dry heat, Katie. I thought it was bullshit this whole time. Yeah, it's good to know. And it's it's nice to see the the landscape, and to remember that there's a larger world outside of my apartment. I had so a that's friend. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I was just telling you I had a friend. I had Kelsey Bunner. Uh, she just moved out here uh, to LA from Chicago. She was Gary and Brake. She's from my hometown, Canton. She's a dear friend and all that good stuff. But she was by, and me and her were having this discussion that um, as people from the prairie state in illinois it's never going to not be a mind-blowing experience to see a mountain in the landscape like it's never Mm -hmm. gonna not fuck my head up (laughs) to see (laughs) to see all of those hills and mountains so like being out here feels like a perpetual vacation like seeing seeing Mm -hmm. palm trees and mountains after living in illinois for like you know 26 27 years uh yeah i i don't know if i'll ever get used to it i guess i've only been here for like six months now but i feel like i'll probably never officially get used to it yeah for sure i feel that you know something i never have ever seen in movies about california is the palm trees like parts of it just fall off and i call them palm tree yeah i call them palm tree droppings that's good. But <laughs> shedding is definitely more accurate to what they really are. And it's interesting just to see them splayed everywhere. That's yeah, the reality was... about living here that yeah, I, I didn't get from TV. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, why is there <laughs> is there an upside down turtle on the neighbor's uh, roof? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is on the windshield? Like, yeah, but it ends up just being palm tree droppings. Mm-hmm. People in California probably think that, like, that are from here probably think that we sound like douches. But you know what? <laughs> If if there's one thing if there's one thing on the line teaches me Katie, it's that uh, being it's that living in Chicago is an identity in and of itself. <laughs> because this movie <laughs> wants you to believe that being set in Chicago makes the movie have depth. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it? That's one Isn't of the reasons why I wanted to watch it with you. Yeah. Oh, for like sure. don't be wrong. I'm 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 in. Like I'm buying it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, oh check it out. I'm like, Taylor, look, it's the Wabash blue line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like stuff like that but at the same time it's like the movie is very much like if we put a cubs hat in like every scene or like mention the fact that we're in chicago like we don't really have to have like 
flesh out these characters or anything, right? They're from Chicago. The Chicago. Okay. So I looked into this. So for this, this was my pick, and we decided to watch on the line the uh, Lance Bass uh, Vanity Project. I would Sorry, say. I it segued. Was... I segued way too smoothly. My B. Oh, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I can do the background. <laughs> I'm going through a bit of a band boy thing right now, and I uh, I actually saw this in theaters when it was released in 2001 with my mom. So I do have a little bit of a history with this movie, and I was very interested in returning to it, especially because it has a whopping 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. And as it turns out, this movie was originally, originally had an R rating. Okay, and I can re- see that. Mm-hmm. They reworked it to be PG so that it would be more in sync fan appropriate. <coughs> Excuse me. But it just comes off kind of bizarre. It's a very sexless movie, um, despite it being about hooking up, kind of. Or at least that's definitely one of the plots. Mainly, it's about Lance Bass, who wasn't out yet, trying to find. He plays a character who is trying to find this um, woman that he had a moment <coughs> with. Excuse me on the L train and uh, his friends take the opportunity and he gets kind of famous because he writes, he submits something to the paper or the paper picks it up and is like, Hey, there's this guy. He's trying to find this girl. Let's help them do this meet cute and, or continue their meet cute more rather. And um, a bunch of random girls start calling Lance Bass being like, I'm the girl from the train just cause they want to find a romantic connection. And his friends, he, he lives with a bunch of bros and they just all decide, total bros, and they just all decide to take the opportunity to take these girls out on dates. And so there is like this kind of weird hookup element to it. Like they have this big chart in their living room where all the guys are like scheduling taking these girls out for dates. And, but the movie itself isn't terribly explicit. Even the, uh, the, where cursing would be more natural, they clean it up in kind of an almost like, Disney way to like really like sanitize what was clearly supposed to be kind of raunchier like more in the vein of like 40 days and 40 nights or something like that sure yeah I I can see that I also caught I think I caught a couple swear words that were dubbed uh, Mm -hmm. that sort of reminded me of like our heavyweights discussion back in the day I was Mm -hmm. like why why do you did you really have to dub ass to butt and you couldn't make it look better just show why not give the lion with the angle on her instead and that way we don't have to Mm -hmm. see the the mouth not match up oh that's the other thing i wanted to tell i wanted to talk about was that while the the chicago thing but also this may be the first time you've ever heard me give this particular complaint about a movie Mm -hmm. uh are you ready i'm ready sound mixing Erica said the same thing. She the said that she couldn't hear on? the girl like half of the time. Yeah, all you, about the sound mixing. It's inconsistent too. So like, in, it, but like, so the music is always pumping at a hundred. But then, but then they'll play mm-hmm. that music over scenes where w- that are dialogue scenes with integral dialogue, like important yeah. important information to the to the story, and they're jamming it. And the, like, who I don't. It's fucking unbelievable. Uh, I've never ever really like the only I've had a general complaint about like home release because I think it's just hard to watch a Marvel movie on Blu-ray when explosions are at a billion, but I can't hear the dialogue, but that makes sense to me. This is a matter Mm -hmm. of like, this is like a consistent throughout the movie things. Like I can't hear what you're saying. It's so weird. 
uh, like especially Again, for a movie that seemingly had the had a budget and i know that like it's music forward maybe they had a hell of a soundtrack i know it's in sync i know al green's there <laughs> but for know. for some reason, you know how every in sync fan also enjoys Al Green. They're pretty synonymous. Yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. But definitely, I think that the music pumping was because like the big in sync song for this movie, "That Girl" (parentheses) will never be mine. They really mm-hmm. had to like nudge that in. I think in the same kind of awkward way, they had to take out the swear words and re-edit it. So I think that there was less raunch. Dude, I thought Miramax only made classy pictures like the piano or the crying game. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking And sometimes I, they make an on the line. Yeah, you know, that's how it goes, I guess. Um It was two thousand one. Yeah, and you know, and well here we are back in the early aughts with another time mm-hmm. capsule of a movie. Um mm-hmm. Who was your favorite member of NSYNC as a kid? Also it's so fucking sick you saw this in theater. Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Lance Bass was actually my favorite. Dude, Lance member. Bass, Lance Bass was my favorite as well. Really? Uh, I swear to God. Uh, as a kid, I was like, I know everybody like people like Justin. Some people favor Joey Fatone. I I think Joey Fatone is hilarious, and I actually like him genuinely now in life. I think he's super mm-hmm. funny <laughs> and stuff. So I liked him in this movie. Um, but yeah i love i loved lance I-, I was i did not expect you to say lance so i'm kind of geeking out <laughs> oh awesome yeah dude yeah, like- i had the uh when they when they did the no strings attached w- when no strings attached came out yeah i had that one. Oh my god that's sick man. it was rad i should have kept it but i will know. say i will say that i skewed probably like 60 40 backstreet boys maybe even a little more mm-hmm. backstreet boys um but I, I, you know, it was impossible to not love NSYNC, in my opinion, too. And I think Lance does a legit decent job as a leading man. Uh, mm-hmm. There are times where I'm like, shit, he could have done this route, too, uh, and stuff like that. Joey Fatone is, 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 is crushing, but I feel bad that he has to just be gross and farty so much in this. Like, they're <laughs> all, like, they're all white guy archetypes. Um, mm-hmm. like white dude bro archetypes. Like Joey Fatone is like the total like r- shitty rock star who's really gross, bro. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's like dude who wears like FUBU clothes and like mm-hmm. uh, fucking, which I love the fact that, that dude works at Wrigley Field. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like you have like straight laced collar wearing bro who's like ugh, like the kind of more civilized bro. And then you have cool. Lance who. Who's like yeah. the, the the simp? <laughs> the the collar wearing bro, like like they give him so little to his character aside from how he dresses. But at the very end of the movie, when people are like hooking up, there's a lot of like weird, awkward like people getting together moments at the end of the movie. But his is definitely the most out of left field. He <laughs> sees a girl with a modern art book, and they share a look. And, like, I had no idea throughout the entire movie that he had any interest in modern art. I don't remember it coming up. I don't remember anyone really ruminating on that. I feel like that's from an earlier draft of the script that yeah. just nobody decided to edit out. I was assuming it was just something I missed. I mean, they do, they do like, even, I don't know, even when their plant and payoff is bad, because none of it's that good, I was at mm-hmm. least like, oh, they did some plant and payoff with, like, Jerry Stiller's character, R.I.P., uh, yeah, R.I.P. And sh- and I was actually, like that. 
I was wondering um, when I was watching this, because I believe Zoolander came out after this, and I was wondering if it was Jerry Stiller that got Lance Bass to cameo in Zoolander. Ooh, that's a good point. I bet you they had a nice rapport. I mean, like, they seemed good yeah. together on screen. I was I was really uh, intrigued by their first scene together uh, with him, like, sweet-talking the copier. I was like, Jerry Stiller is a pro. I'm like, this dude mm-hmm. is, like... And also, like, he's elevating Lance Bass in the scene. Like, I feel like... Ugh. They, they did a great job together, and it's it's always kind of bittersweet. Like, last week watching Michael Clark Duncan and, you know, this week watching, like, Jerry Stiller and people that we've lost. It's always kind of bittersweet, but, you know, they fucking crush it at their respective duties, and that's what it is to be an actor, right? Don't you want to be remembered mm-hmm. fondly for how hard you crush it in bit roles, even if it isn't on the line? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Jerry Stiller has the hearts of millions, even, like, you know, and I bet you that maybe there's this sector of NSYNC fans that only knew Jerry Stiller from on the line. Uh, oh, I bet. I have no doubt. You know? Unless their dads watch King of Queen, like most dads. King mm-hmm. of Queens. Um, my other question for you, Strawberry, is do you know, did you realize how timely this was having the Wrigley Field and Sammy Sosa? Because I didn't. Uh, ESPN tonight is having a documentary all about the 1998 uh, summer with like Sammy Sosa versus McGuire. Uh, like when Sammy hit 66 home runs and McGuire hit fucking over 70 um, or whatever. But it's oh, so no weird. Way. Cause I'm like getting, I'm like getting ready. This will be like past by the time we post this will be way late, but mm-hmm. I'm like, literally that's on tonight. And the fact that I thought they'd show Sammy Sosa and never actually, like, I thought they'd just do crowd shots. But the fact that Sammy Sosa had dialogue in this movie, I was like, oh. Like, t- <laughs> like Taylor heard me, like, yell out loud. And I was like, babe, Sammy Sosa talked in this. It was fucking awesome. I was like, like that's, the, that's the hook. I'd watch it again just for that. I only need one mm-hmm. thing. I only need one thing to stick out, like, for me. And I'm like, this movie's fine. It's fine. What's wrong with it? Yeah. I, yeah, it. Fine is an excellent adjective for this movie. It I didn't find anything terribly offensive, but it definitely felt like it was it does feel re-edited to appeal more to InSync fans than to yeah. be its own thing. And then oh my gosh, the cameo with Justin and Chris Kirkpatrick JC, at the Chris, end. Chris, my bad. I think I said JC. Oh, dude, I've been mixing them up for years. Only, like, last month did I understand which one was JC Chazez and which one is Chris Kirkpatrick. Oh, like, fuck. Sorry, Chris literally, Kirkpatrick. Literally, yeah, our bad. And sorry, JC. And, oh, um, I guess sorry, JC, too. It's, oh, dude. I, oh, oh that after credit scene is r- real bad. Okay, good. I wanted to ask you about this. Um, Being, like... I'm like, so this, I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, this scene's teetering away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. also, I'm like, this is pre Lance coming out, right? Yeah. So yeah. Do, do they, I, do, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, the, the gay voice uh, that yeah, Justin that Timberlake tough, uses. That was a tough mm-hmm. time. <laughs> I was, was like, is, this, probably is, this probably isn't okay, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yay, they're here. And then I was like, oh. We did that. Very O one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, there's no defense. I will. But I. I was curious to hear your thoughts on it because, as me being a very, a very straight, dumb white boy, I'm always like, "How do you feel, Katie?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely very bad. It's very bad. Um, though, but yeah, they should not have done that 
for sure. Not cool. Like, if they were going to put them in any time in the movie, I don't know, maybe they could have actually been in Chicago, or if it had to be, like, an after-credits thing. <laughs> why is it, it that just... way? Why yeah. is it that way? Yeah. Why? Why stereotypes? I just... Why are they gay hairstylists? But, and it's not that they're gay hairstylists. It's that they're, like, super flamboyant, over-the-top, like, stereotyped, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Justin especially, I'm like, oh, no. Like, yeah. Luckily for him, luckily for him, nobody's seen this movie except for me and you. So (laughs) we we can't ruin his career with it. We can't ruin his career with it. But definitely an interesting, interesting thing to be watching uh, like during Pride Month. Because at first I was like, when I I did, first of all, I did not know this movie existed. So when you said, Mm. when you sent it to me, I go, Lance Bass, my fucking favorite member of NSYNC. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if you picked it uh, for Pride Month. And then I was like, oh, this is a very straight movie. Um, yeah. And, and then, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. It, that, that did cross my mind. I was thinking about maybe picking a bad, uh, gay movie, but like a lot of them are kind of hard to find. Like Debs, like, the right? One that, Cause we did Debs, right? Yeah, we, we did do Debs, but like if I was going to do one, it would probably be, uh, the gay deceivers just cause that one is such a blight on gay cinematic history and it is, it's rough but I feel like we could have a pretty good discussion about it. But it's also difficult to find. And this one was free on Vudu. And um, and I was just doing it more in the boy band mode. But yeah, I, I wish I could find something for us for Pride. But it's... And it's also well, kind of like with the, the recent news that's come out with like the discrimination in healthcare. Like, I just kind of don't have the energy to make fun of my own people right now no well yeah well luckily justin timberlake did it for you <laughs> uh, and, and and not jc he did not t- uh, partake <laughs> chris kirkpatrick <laughs> did this yeah um no nah, it's terrible and i, I was like yeah it really kind of spoils what, what what otherwise could be a great cameo and doesn't match up with any of the humor in the movie um, no, because it was very after the fact. Nothing like that in the movie. They're mm. all like, they're not like, they're really kind of nice guys. Like even when they're shitty, they're like they're a little airheaded, but they're really like that dude got punched in the face by Lance Bass, and he's like, oh, I did wrong. I'm gonna fix it. Like you know what I mean? Like they're all like decent dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it strikes me so like even having that, it just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't tie in. It it, it sticks out like a sore thumb. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's definitely the worst way to cameo other NSYNC members. And I, I, I think any other way could have been better. Mm-hmm. But whatever. This whatever. is yet... This is the second movie now that we've watched. A shallow romance movie that's tied to boy bands. and the. Oh. But I prefer this one to After. Because I, I feel too, like this one is at least sweeter than After. It's and there's more movie. of a sense of like friendship and bonding, and mm-hmm. after is just kind of rough and painful. After this is, is also more dumb like, fun. Like yeah, not even like yeah, like, like for sure. This movie is not unwatchable. Like it's not a great mm-hmm. movie. That's why we're talking about it. But it's like I had a decent understanding, and I thought there was like some there was some decent rom com tropes that I was super into. I liked the whole. I'm a big fan of note passing in any variety, as you can see in Break mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime, written directed by me. Um, Hell yeah. So like, nice plug. Have, thank you. Having the uh, 
having the paper airplane toss and having that be a character quirk and having uh, that be brought at the end with like a little note passing. I was like, oof, classic rom-com beat. I'm liking that. Um, But you're Mm -hmm. right. Like the problem is they definitely dick out the audience. They dick their money completely. And I don't even know if they made their money, but they dick their money if they don't make it accessible to the tween girls that are going to see Lance Bass and Joey Fatone in theater. Um, But if you make it, rated r and stuff i guess maybe or if you leave it the way it was i i think that things flow a little better but i wonder if the conversation is like look we have a bad movie like they're not Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like so do we try to make the money like at pg-13 a bad movie is a bad movie right so how are we going to save face Uh, or do you think do you think that they thought they had a winner on their hands i'm legit curious I, I, well, yeah, I think that they knew that it was bad, but I also think that they knew that it'd be way too graphic for, like, young girls. So, actually, I bet that the original version of this movie was probably better than what we ended up getting, because it was probably more for, you know, like, dudes like, again, the Al Green stuff, like, what NSYNC girl is a big fan of Al Green, and, like, the... D- d- right. It, it just... I don't understand why they... If, okay, it just seemed like they had a script, they attached two guys from NSYNC for it pretty much at random, and, mm-hmm. like, if I were producing a movie that was supposed to be, like, that was supposed to propel one of the NSYNC guys, I would make it on music. Like, this movie opens with Lance Bass singing Two Princes... Like, yeah. why yeah. why didn't they just do that? Why didn't they just let the dudes sing their regular song? Like, Joey Fatone throughout this movie is singing a lot of, like, 80s hair metal music. I know. But, like, but at the very end the of... Miramax catalog or some shit. Yeah, but, like, at the end of the movie, he's like, I have my demo that, like, this other, like, 80s musician really the likes, Nick. but it's just a pop song. Yeah. It's just a pop song. And I just don't understand why they didn't let them be pop star boys, like, the whole time. Like, in some yeah. greater capacity. I think that would have better sold this movie. Yeah, you're right. It does seem like the they had a script already ready to go. And then they had mm-hmm. to kind of have, like, some shitty rewrites <laughs> or something mm-hmm. uh, in order to shoehorn them in. Um, but I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't think it's the worst movie we've ever watched on Bad Movie Brunch. I don't think it's the worst movie I've ever seen. And I don't feel robbed of my time. Uh, cause you know, it's a, it's a tight hour 26. Um, mm-hmm. and I didn't pay any money to watch it. Go voodoo. So I, I, I will say if I was in a boy band kick like you are, it would really hit the mm-hmm. spot and it did still kind of hit the spot. Uh, still like kind of reeling in the aftermath of our early 2000s foray into daredevil and that kind of mm-hmm. the soundtrack of daredevil and the soundtrack of this were a real slap in the face, um, <laughs> of a, of a simpler time. <laughs> Of a simpler time. Oh, yeah. And everybody looks so greasy. Doesn't everybody look so greasy so in the greasy. 90s and early 2000s? Why are they all so shiny it, all the time? It might have been a makeup trend. Okay. Like, they were supposed to look misted. It, like, I mean, like, Lance's hair is so wet. I know, <laughs> I know. And There's some st- real gross hair in this movie. I miss him. I like him. I prefer my Lance Bass with, uh, with the frosted tips and everything. Yeah, me um, too. The way God dark hair intended. Lance Bass still look great, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just saying my preference. 
Um, what, but yeah, what like you, I had to? a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, like... Okay, I can actually answer some of this. So I know that Joey Fatone is... He's a really good sport, first and foremost. He'll pretty much... If, like, Dancing with the Stars, or he was recently on The Masked Singer, if there's one of those where you're like, hey, I used to be more famous, but now I do these other things where we kind of, like reminisce on how famous I used to be like one of those like like a dance competition or another scene or a talent show or anything like that he's game and I know that he's guest hosted price of uh the, the price is right a number of times and he also and this is my favorite he has a hot dog shop in Florida called fat ones <laughs> that's true Dude. that's true you could google that this guy's a fucking character man I yeah I do think you he's a really his... good sport do you remember his cameo on uh, Hannah Montana? No, I didn't really watch Hannah Montana. I just remember he was on it. Uh, he had like uh, he had like a suit jacket. He worked at like a steakhouse. He like owned a steakhouse in it, and he had like a suit jacket that said "Try the Veal" on the back of it. <laughs> um, fucking, that might have he's been also, a reference to Fat Ones. It could be. And he uh, mm-hmm. he's been on Tell Him Steve Dave. He's friends with Brian Quinn, and he like is friends with Brian Johnson now. Uh, to the point mm-hmm. where like, uh, Joey Fatone will do the Impractical Jokers cruises and stuff, the same ones that Bry goes to and everything uh, from TSD. So like he has mm-hmm. he has like such a following on so many different mediums now. And I think you're right. Being a good sport is kind of the keys to the kingdom. And that guy can totally mm-hmm. laugh at it. He's just a funny dude. Yeah, I, I'm always delighted to see him in whatever capacity. And he's he's a good dude. I also like that him and Lance Bass actually were legitimate friends. And uh, I think Joey Fatone was the best man at his wedding and is also the godfather of his child. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there's like a legitimate... Deep. Yeah, that's, that's so nice. I like that. What about Justin? Did he come? Did he come with like the leather cowboy hat on? <laughs> I don't know. Did he do oh, Lance's man. hair and makeup before the wedding? Dude, have you ever? So there is, I think, a Madison Square Garden performance of In Sync available on YouTube of the No Strings Attached tour, and there's a moment in that little concert where Justin Timberlake just beatboxes for like three minutes. Why? It's incredible. Oh <laughs> I don't God. know. I don't know. I think he was just like, this is another thing I can do. And they just, you know, were like, yeah, let him do it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, Justin, dude. If, 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 you're, if you're lucky, you get to live a life. But if you're Justin Timberlake, you get to live like 50. Because like, It's true. He's really reinvented himself. He has a different era of Timberlake like every two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, Although we're him. currently in kind of a rough one. Because he, uh, yeah. he had that album with the Tennessee kids, Man in the Woods or whatever. That one tanked really hard. Oh, no. And plus, plus he's canceled after his cameo and on the line. <laughs> so, yeah, he's having a tough go this year. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, man. Chris Kirkpatrick's, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah, bad I about this. I feel bad about this because um, I don't want NSYNC to think I'm bashing them. You know, no, still no, I go in sync. They're a good time. Uh, I in another fun in sync thing is actually that Justin Timberlake and JC Chazes did write a lot of the songs together, really? and I also yeah, and I uh, JC Chazes uh, went on to he was a big Broadway boy for a while, as was Joey Fatone, 
And I do believe that there is a legitimate alternate universe where we JC ascended to the one instead of Justin. Yeah. I think that they could have they were real neck and neck if you watch the music videos and just Justin Timberlake run one out in the end. You know, I wonder how that works. I, God, I would love a spicy, spicy documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, just to look into the like what that life must have been like. And I and well, I wonder how Oh, you got one? I kind of. So there is let me look it up. There's one about their band manager that Lance Bass produced that came out like a couple years ago. Give me one Whoa. second. Yeah, I mean, like, I just think that I wonder I don't know, like okay. the boy band the boy band thing is just such an era. And I just wonder how competitive and like tough that must have been for like young oh, men. Oh, really tough. I would definitely recommend, it's called The Boy Band Con, the Lou Pearlman story, and it actually came out last year. And it's all about their skeezy producer, who or manager, their skeezy manager, and who just worked these kids all to death. And also, they're all from Florida. So it's kind of funny that they just shoehorned these guys into the Chicago-ness of this movie. Yeah, it's ugh. it felt very insincere. It... Mm-hmm. You can't just talk about the Cubs and suddenly, like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you showed mm-hmm. me Wrigley Field in the loop. Fuck you. <laughs> Go to Rogers Park. Have a soul. Yeah. Nah, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I would definitely like to. I'd look into that. I'd love to see. Um. I'd love to. I'd love to see a reunion tour of NSYNC. Oh, me too. But Justin Timberlake would never do it. He likes to pretend that that never happened. Is that the that deal? That was he, just a bad not... dream. Really? Yeah, that's certainly the impression I get every time it comes up. Because like they did have the brief reunion at like an award show that one time, where like they all like sang like two or three songs together, and then they were immediately banished, and then like they never did it again. And Justin Timberlake went back to just being Justin. Weird man. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah. But you know, business decisions are obviously working in his favor. Mm-hmm. Aside from that album you said was trash. Katie said it, not me. <laughs> I didn't listen to it, Justin. Yeah. Dude, what else can don't we say about us. On the Line? Yeah, don't yeah, you know, don't hate. Try the veal. On the line is a it's pretty shallow, definitely reworked to appeal to the boy band audience of the early aughts. But overall, like, there are some pretty charming performances. Jerry Stiller's great in it. And it's not a bad watch. It's just kind of a shallow one. Totally. It's a, it, again, like, far from unwatchable would be my, uh, I think my official take. I'm not going to sit here Mm -hmm. and say that uh, it wins an Academy Award. And it didn't (laughs) for Mm -hmm. many reasons. But... Although they implied that at the end. The Academy of Awards? Is that what he said? Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Okay, all right. (laughs) That cameo, man. I don't know. Like, part of me thinks we should post it on our Instagram so the world can see it. No. Yeah. Um, I, ugh, ugh. But, no. Sorry, I got spaced out. (laughs) Uh, Oh, You know, far from unwatchable. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm the 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 official take for on the line and <laughs> i think the title's clever i think the poster looks like every other rom-com uh like when i googled it there's like several different posters with like the same exact color and fonts and shit um mm-hmm. 
you know, they, they, they had a crack at this. There's just like there's an alternate world where JC is huge instead of fucking Justin. There's an alternate world where maybe on the line breaks big. It ain't this one, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> talk to me about talk to me about what else is going on, Katie. You watching anything else? You have to be. You have to be. Absolutely. So I've actually been going through the Ryan Murphy oeuvre lately. And the oeuvre. Uh, like, I, I really enjoyed Hollywood on Netflix. Oh, I haven't seen it. Is it good? Oh, yeah. it Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I went into it as I... This happens to me so many times. I was like, I heard this was bad, but I, I'm i too intrigued I too and I'm going to give it... I it was bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I... Oh, God, I really loved it. It's just really colorful and simple, and sometimes you need something like that. And I think that its heart yeah. is in the right place, for good. sure. And I, I had a really good time. Like, I liked all the characters, and, you know... um. It's part of it is based on Scotty Bowers and the Secret Life of Hollywood, that documentary that came out a couple years ago, which was about the yeah yeah, and so that was kind of fun to see and like play in this like like nice version of old Hollywood. Uh, I really liked that, and then after that, we followed that up with watching season one of The Politician. Luke, have you ever watched The Politician? Um, Taylor has. I I love Zoe Zoe Deutsch. But I have mm-hmm. never seen it. Is uh, Taylor said that it was like, I don't know. Tell me why should I watch it? I don't know because it. I mean, I had a great time, but like an entire season's worth of stuff happens in the first episode. Oh, Jesus. like it's it. They pack a lot in there, and it's you. I was never entirely sure what kind of show it was because it's. It's got really dark elements, but it's mainly a comedy. It's mainly a satire. It's There's some true crime sprinklings in there. Um, I thought that it was going to be a really cynical look about what it means to be a politician, but I think that the main character is actually learning how to be a good politician, if I understand the ending of the first season correctly. I'm in, totally invested to watch the second season for sure. But Hell I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you would like it. I want to check I think it out. It's a, like... It's very campy. I'm 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 a, I'm into it. I, I definitely upon mm. that. I want to see a first episode that has a season's worth of things. <laughs> um, oh yeah, dude. I'm Full stop. If nothing else, it. just the first episode. Yeah. A seal of approval from Katie Grossinger goes so goes so so much further than you know with me, Katie. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds great. I uh, I I yeah, I I've heard about it. That's all I can say. So I'll definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, I've been, uh, the second season of Pose just dropped on Netflix and just started watching that. It's great. Um, especially like you talked about how it's pride and I've been every day I've actually been consuming a bit of, uh, queer media in some form or another. Yeah. And, uh, right now that I'm doing that through Pose and it's very nice to see, you know, a whole show about trans women of color and this underground scene of ballroom, which I had known about through the documentary Paris is Burning, because that's re- basically, like, required viewing if if used a queer. And so I did know about it. But it's nice to be into that world. And, I, again, that's another situation where I just like all the characters. I care about all of them. It's There is a lot of color to it, even though there's also a lot of darkness. And I... I like the last one that I watched a character passed away and it, it's a very moving tribute to this fan favorite character. And I like teared up and it, it really moved me. I'm really enjoying it. 
That's excellent. I remember you singing the the praises of season one. Um, oh, so good. Like, so I, I I might have to. I think Taylor watches it and really digs it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's time to jump on that board too. Jump on that that ship. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like it's a time where a lot of media is getting dicey. Um, mm-hmm. like things are getting so so weird and divisive. Like, like oof. I think that like like J.K. Rowling's been talking a lot. <laughs> Uh, oh dude yeah yeah yeah. so we don't have to we don't have to get yeah i mean go for it we don't have to get into it i i will say on the positive end of that i just finished reading sarah mcbride's memoir uh tomorrow will be different she is the first trans woman to speak at a national democratic convention and she um because at the time she was campaigning for hillary clinton and she actually grew up in delaware and knew and had met Joe Biden when she was, like, really young. She's a big politics nerd, and she's actually running for Senate in Delaware right now. And hearing her speech, I after I read the book, you know, I had to go listen to the speech. And that's so moving, and it's so hopeful, and she's such a positive, optimistic individual that if anyone out there is feeling really bummed after hearing all the J.K. Rowling misinformation, which I do think comes from a place of kind of confusing the issue more than anything yeah. i definitely recommend her book that's great i, I really appreciate mm-hmm. how you're like raising the candle instead of us dwelling in the dark side of it so good good work there um that sounds amazing i'd love to i, mm. I had no i had no idea of the of this woman's journey so that's so intriguing to hear i'm also always interested to hear about like a positive side of politics because oh it's hard to believe sometimes that there is yeah any, i know that that's another thing about this dark. memoir Mm-hmm. Is I, I just, you know, I, I've consumed so much media that's kind of trained me to believe that if somebody's interested in politics, there's a underhanded reason for it. And, I, you know, something like this book, like, I, I just genuinely, like, I, I came out really liking her and I do genuinely believe that her heart is in the right place and that she's smart and she knows what she's doing. And I also got that sense from um, finishing Mrs. America, you know, Shirley Chisholm, and a lot of the women that were depicted in that series, I felt like all of them were really smart and wanted to push things in the right direction. So that's always nice to see because I do believe in our country when it comes down to it. And I, I hope for things to get better. Yeah, well said. I hope so too, obviously. Um, I think everything's heading in the right direction. Um, and it's all, everything's gonna. there's going to be growing pains. But I think for the... F- for the first time in a long time, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of detrimented societies and whatnot are are getting um, a lot more support, uh, especially the past. I mean, what's a few weeks to centuries, right? But I mm-hmm. think that it finally feels like a swing uh, in the positive direction. Which it sucks that such negative things have had to happen recently. For but I guess that's how it changes is. I guess that's how change works. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think definitely, um, I think we, I, I was seeing people get ready for a pride parade uh, here in Hollywood today as I was kind of making some errands around. And it seemed like everybody was in a really, there's, everybody I saw today seemed like in comparison to the last few weeks, people seemed kind of light and a little airy and kind of positive. Mm-hmm. And even at like the protests and stuff that have been around and like the stuff that me and Taylor have been at and whatnot, it's all a very, um, you know, it's very serious, but it is, a, it's always been very positive. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's the message to take uh, moving forward is 
uh, like with all of this. And obviously I'm not here to give anybody advice, but it seems like the people that are doing the best in, in the crisis, be it coronavirus, be it uh, all of the, the horrible like like racial injustices that have been uh, carried out, especially the last few weeks and the protests and riots and police brutality thereafter. Um, the ones that the, the, the thing that seems to be uniting everybody is just caring for each other. And I feel like mm-hmm. if we do that, then we're trying our best. So absolutely no hate, get rid of hate. No hate. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the one way to do that is to keep watching daredevil on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> fucking, I'm I'm mowing through season two, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh my god, the Punisher is in this season. Like I'm like like freaking out. I'm like Punisher and Elektra. Apparently, Katie Stick, mm-hmm. the blind man who trained uh, Matt Murdock as a kid, also trained Elektra. But they we didn't. But, but oh. Matt never. But we Matt never knew that until like present time in season two, which made things way more fucked up. Uh, there's just a lot going on, man. You should check it out. <laughs> I just um, might. Lots of murder. Uh, like Punisher is just blowing people away. Um, mm-hmm. But I love it. That's kind of literally the only thing I've been <laughs> I've been watching. Uh, aside from On the Line. Uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Smith those are content, the only two things you need, as always. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Always, but that's just from the new, the just you know, new podcasts and stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. So there's that i feel weird i feel like i feel like i skewed into a soapbox area no it's a, it's a positive one that's good i guess yeah people are like shut up you preachy bitch no 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 <laughs> i think that we're all about good vibes on this show like we defend good vibe it. movies no one else does you're right or at least you're right give them a fair shake we're giving them a fair shake you know i think mm-hmm. that i also think that bad movie brunch it, it may as well be it, it could be it, it may as well just be movie brunch it doesn't have to be that bad mm-hmm. but we prefer if it is <laughs> mm-hmm. oh you got anything else to say about on the line katie oh man it it satisfied my boy band cravings that's all that's all you can hope for Mm-hmm. <laughs> with all that do you have anything said, else to say on it no uh, i don't sorry i, I was uh <laughs> hang on uh, well, I have nothing else to really say about on the line. Uh, aside from definitely, definitely worth trying to make. If you're into drinking, it could be a good drinking game. I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what it would be. Maybe every time Joey Fatone farts, you have to take a shot. <laughs> like yeah. Fucking every time. Every time. Uh, Every time a female character gets a dialogue, you have to finish your drink. It doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but <Sad. no. laughs> that's all I really got, you know, uh, for all for all, for bad movie brunch. I'm Lee Taylor. I'm Katie Grotzinger. And you have a good one, folks. Mm-hmm.